Sometimes I just get into that song and I forget where I am. I just like that little bumper video, super fun. Maybe your story is like my story. I grew up in a Christian family. I grew up in a home where my mom was raised Catholic and my dad was raised Episcopalian and Methodist. So when they came together as a family, they were like, we're gonna raise our kids to be Christian too. And they sort of found the nearest church and they started to attend the church and they did Christian things, but they didn't have a personal relationship with Jesus until someone said, hey, you can have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And they put their trust in Jesus and they started to follow Jesus and it changed their lives and it changed our lives too because it's different to say you're a Christian and to actually follow Jesus. Like someone could ask you, what religion are you on a web form? And you'd hit the little drop-down menu. What religion are you? Drop-down menu. Oh, one of these is Christian. I'm that. Click. I'm a Christian. I mean, for me, growing up in a Christian home, in elementary school and middle school and high school, I was Christian if someone asked me, but it wasn't until I was probably a senior in high school till I made the decision that I wanted to not be a Christian, I wanted to be a follower of Jesus. I wanted to follow, obey, listen, surrender to Jesus. And it changed, it changed my life, because it's different than just saying my religion is Christian and following Jesus. So right now in America, there are 70% of America says they are Christian. So 70% of Americans that would drop down arrow, drop down, I would say, Christian. 70%, which means seven out of 10 people at your work, seven out of 10 people at your soccer uh, clinic, whatever you go to, in your school, seven out of 10 say they're Christians, but seven out of 10 people, do they follow Jesus? Do seven out of 10 people in your work Follow, obey, listen to God's word? Because it's easy to say, Christian. It's such a different thing to say, I will follow you, Jesus. And right here in our church, there are people that drop down arrow, Christian. I, I mean, I, I go to faith church. I mean, I, I like the idea of going to heaven. I like doing Christian celebrations. I like being in the Christian culture. So drop down arrow, I'm Christian but are you following Jesus? And John chapter eight today, Jesus is going to draw a distinction out and say, it's different to say I believe from saying I will follow. And he's gonna actually say, those who are really my disciples hold to my teaching. They follow me. Which means there's a category in Jesus's mind for those who say they're Christ followers but they're really just Christian by name only. So if you have your Bible, John chapter eight, you can turn them on, open them up, follow along with me as we work through this together. Interesting, John chapter eight, verse 31. We're gonna start in verse 31, and what happens right before verse 31 is verse 30. And it's interesting, in verse 30, there's something that goes on that's worth talking about, Last week we, we were in verse 30 and Jesus has just said to his disciples, I am the light of the world. And some people get angry with Jesus for saying he's the light of the world. And some people 
wants to follow Jesus. So in verse 30, it says, even as he spoke, many believed in Jesus. Even as Jesus said, hey, I am the bread of heaven. Come to me if you want to be satisfied. As Jesus said, hey, I am living water. Come to me and you'll never thirst again. Even as Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Follow me and you'll never walk in darkness. There were many, as he spoke, who believed in Jesus. They put their trust in Jesus and began to follow Jesus. But look at verse 31. It says, to the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, there's something different here between verse 30 and verse 31. There were those who believed in Jesus and those who had believed What's going on here? There are people that have said, I will follow you, Jesus. I believe in you, and I'm going to follow you. But those who had believed, past tense, is this category that says, I believe Jesus. But they're not following Jesus. And I think what Jesus is about to say is a warning to this category of people that say, I believe Jesus, but don't follow they're a category of people that grew up Christian, that identify as Christian, that do Christian things, but don't follow Jesus, and he's going to challenge us. Jesus is going to challenge us to not stay in this fuzzy, middle, neutral ground. And, and I'll put this up. It's a, I think this summarizes a lot what's going on here, that either you believe and follow Jesus or you really don't believe. I want you to stare at that. Look at those words. That in the mind of Christ, there's a distinction between those who say they believe but don't follow. Because the word disciple actually means I'm following. There's a distinction between those who believe and follow and those who just believe. And I want you to listen to this interaction that Jesus has. And I'm going to read the entire thing from verse 31 through 59. And I usually say follow along, but maybe today you should just listen and let your ears show you, guide you into what Jesus is trying to get at, that either you believe and follow or maybe you don't even believe. Listen to John chapter 8, verse 31. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. We are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? Very truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are Abraham's descendants, yet you are looking for a way to kill me because you have no room for my word. I'm telling you what I've seen in the Father's presence, and you're doing what you have heard from your father. Abraham is our father. If you were Abraham's children, then you would do what Abraham did. As it is, you're looking for a way to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. Abraham did not do such things. You're doing the works of your own father. We are not illegitimate children. The only father we have is God himself. If God were your father, you would love me, for I have come here from God. I have not come on my own. God sent me. 
Why is my language not clear to you? Because you're unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there's no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Yet because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Can any of you prove me guilty of sin? If I'm telling the truth, why don't you believe me? Whoever belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. Aren't we right in saying that you are a Samaritan and demon-possessed? I am not possessed by a demon, but I honor my Father and you dishonor me. I am not seeking glory for myself, but there is one who seeks it and he is the judge. Very truly I tell you, whoever obeys my word will never see death. Now we know that you are demon-possessed. Abraham died, and so did the prophets, yet you say that whoever obeys your word will never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham? He died, and so did the prophets. Who do you think you are? If I glorify myself, my glory means nothing. My father, whom you claim is your God, is the one who glorifies me. Though you do not know him, I know him. And if I said I did not, I'd be a liar like you. But I do know him, and I obey his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day. He saw it and was glad. You are not yet 50 years old, and you have seen Abraham? Very truly, I tell you, before Abraham was born, I am. At this, they picked up stones to stone him, but Jesus hid himself, slipping away from the temple grounds. Pray with me. God, I pray that you would use the truth of your word to soften our hearts, that you would draw us humbly to you, and that you would set us free. I ask this in the victorious name of Christ. Amen. I don't think we fully can comprehend the tension, the drama of this conversation, but for Jesus to say, before Abraham was born, I am. It's this bold statement that he is God. He is God in the flesh. He's saying that he's greater than Abraham, who's their superhero. He says that he was before Abraham existed, which would be kind of like going up to a devout Muslim and saying, hey, I am greater than Muhammad, and I'm actually existed before him. It'd be like going up to a devout Catholic and saying, you know what, I am greater than the Pope, and I existed before him. For Jesus to say, I am greater and existed before your superhero, Abraham. This is crazy talk for Jesus to say this, that he existed and was before Abraham. But this is the teaching of the Bible. This is what we learn at the start of John's gospel. John 1.1 1, 1 says, in the beginning was Jesus. And Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God. Jesus was with God in the beginning. Through Jesus, all things were made. Without Jesus, nothing was made that has been made. In Jesus was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. So in Christ, we have fully God, fully man. That's who we have. And so to say, I believe you, Jesus, and not reconcile those two things, 
and not realize that who you're talking to, they're standing right in front of this guy they say they believe who is now claiming to be God himself. They have a choice. Is it possible for God to be standing right in front of me? Is the one who made everything talking to me in flesh right now? Because this is logical. If Jesus is God, then he must be believed and followed. I mean, if, if this is actually God in the flesh, then you don't play games with God. And you don't live in the fuzzy middle. You believe and follow. This radically changes everything if Jesus is God. He's to be followed, submitted to, obeyed. In every possible way, he speaks truth, and he's our guide home. But if he is not God, and he's just making these claims, then he's crazy, and it's no surprise to me that they pick up rocks and want to kill him. If he is God, believe and follow. If he isn't God, why are we wasting our time? So let's go back to verse 31, sort of the big picture thesis statement that Jesus makes. To the Jews who had believed, Jesus said, Sometime in the past, these people believe in Jesus. Say, he says to them, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So he's separating, right? You see that phrase, you are really my disciples? Which means there's a category of people that are really the disciples of Christ, and a category of people that are not disciples of Christ. And what separates that? If you hold to my teaching, literally, if you abide in my teaching, if you live in my teaching, if you obey, follow, absorb, live out my teaching, then you are really my disciples. And he adds this other phrase. If you do this, if you believe and live and follow and hold to my teachings, then you're really my disciples. And if you're really my disciples, you can live free, which is an interesting statement. He makes this claim that believing and following Jesus is a way to freedom. I mean, that's interesting, right? To, to believe and to follow Jesus, if Jesus is the Son of God and he's our guide through life, he's going to guide us into freedom. I think it's logical to ask the question, freedom from what? Like, what am I being led to free into? What, what does that mean? He answers in verse 34. Jesus replied, very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free Indeed. So what are we free from? He says everyone who sins is a slave to sin, meaning all of us. So last week he, he gave this teaching about the condition of all humanity. He says all humanity is dark, that we're born into sin and we're born into darkness, that our nature and our attitude is sinful, and he wants to lead us into light and guide us home. Now Jesus is saying another analogy. He's saying this darkness, this sin, you're actually enslaved to. You follow the lead of. This sin 
that every human is born into controls your attitudes, controls your emotions, controls your behaviors. But that's not how any of us think, right? Do you think you're a slave right now? Do you feel like a slave? I mean, there are moments that we think, well, I can't control myself. I wish I could control myself. But most days we're like, I'm not a slave to anything. And Jesus is saying, oh, yes, you are. Every human is a slave. You see, we live on this earth and we act like it's ours. And we act like we're entitled to everything here. But Jesus' teaching says, no, this is the master's planet and you're slaves on the master's planet and you think that you're enjoying all the benefits of the master's house, but not true. You're more like a slave that's getting some of the benefits but not the full blessing. But if you are a son of the master, then into all the fullness of inheritance and blessing you will be. It's why he says we are all slaves to sin, but if the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. If the Son of God, who's come into the world, the bread of heaven, the water of life, the light of life, if you believe and follow him, you're free. That's freedom. That's freedom from sin. It's freedom from shame, freedom from lies, Freedom from addiction, it's freedom that as sons and daughters, you become an eternal inheritor of all God's blessing now and forever. To the people who believed, Jesus said these things. And they took offense to him. Verse 41, we are not illegitimate children, they protested. The only father we have is God himself. Like, Jesus, who are you to come waltzing into my town, waltzing into my life, and say you live in darkness, you're a slave to darkness and sin, and you don't get the full inheritance of God the Father? Like, who do you think you are to say that? And what Jesus does in verse 42 through 47 is he creates a category or a way of thinking that's kind of foreign to us. See, we don't like such black and white teaching but Jesus is going to say every single person belongs to someone. Every single person is listening to the voice of someone. And he creates the category that you're either listening to the voice of God or you're listening to another voice. You're either listening to the truth of God or you're listening to the lies of the evil one. There's only two options. We don't like this stark Reality, but he wants us to ask ourselves the question do you follow God and truth or are you following lies and Satan? Listen to what he says, verse 42. He says, If God were your father, you'd love me, for I've come from God. I'm not come on my own, I'm sent by God. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear. You belong to your father, the devil. And you want to carry out his desires. When the devil lies, he says, he speaks his native language. And the devil is a liar and the father of lies. He actually spins off spawn who lie and live in darkness. He says, you either belong to God or you belong to the evil one. Verse 47, whoever belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. 
And I just want you to see and notice these categories that Jesus is setting up. He's saying when you belong to God, you start to follow God's truth. And following God's truth is what leads you into life, leads you out of sin and out of darkness, that listening to the voice of your Creator, fumbling around in the dark gets you nowhere, but you're lost, I'm lost, confused and listening to lies. But when I hear the voice of my Creator and I begin to follow His truth, He frees me from sin and darkness so that when Jesus says, if you hold to my teaching, you're my disciple. That's how you're going to know the truth, and the truth is going to set you free. He says, if there's really God, and God really wants to guide you, and God really wants to direct you through the person and work of Christ, then I either believe and follow, or I don't. If Jesus is the Son of God, is this just a fairy tale? Is this just a joke? Is this just what we do as a social club? Or if Jesus is the Son of God, if he came and he was before Abraham, if he really lived and really died and really rose again, really ascended back to God the Father, if right now Jesus is alive, sitting at the right hand of God, and one day is going to come to judge this world, if that's really true, then I believe and follow. There's no middle ground, because if that's who he is, I will answer to him. And that changes my life. But neutral? Yeah, I kind of believe that he might be God. Yeah, I kind of believe that maybe, eh. I mean, I'm putting myself in a really difficult bind. He either is or he isn't. But if I don't belong to God, Jesus says, and there's only one other option, when I belong to Satan, I follow his lies. I'm enslaved in sin and darkness. You belong to your father, the devil, he says, and you want to carry out his desires. He's a liar. He's a deceiver. Satan ignores God. And you know, for us, we, we talk about loving God. People talk about God, but we don't want to deal with the fact that God says he has an enemy, an adversary in the person of Satan, and Satan has demons, and the supernatural is real. If you say you believe in God, then this is a part of what God teaches. There's an enemy out there that's seeking to deceive and darken and lead us astray. And if I'm not following God, if I'm not listening to God, then what voices am I listening to and what lies am I am following? And when I follow lies, the lies that come up within me, my feelings, the things I think that are true, or the lies that are whispered to me from the evil one, when I follow lies, it leads me into darkness, confusion, and chaos. It doesn't lead me into light and love. And here's the deal about truth. This is just the basics of truth. God's truth, what's revealed in the scriptures, has three options, three abilities in our hearts. It can make us curious. Truth can make us curious. It can make our hearts hard, and it can humble us. That's what the truth does. So when I open up the Bible and I hear the claims of Christ, I might be curious today, which is great. I mean, if you're hearing these things, maybe you're a drop-down menu person that's like, I'm a Christian, but you've never really heard this stuff, and you're curious. Great. Maybe you're at an age where you're like, you know, someday I'll think about this and some days come and now you're starting to think about the claims of Christ for the first time as an adult. And being curious about this, thinking about this is a good thing. It's a gift from God that you're curious. Keep being curious because 
If you seek him, you will find him. If you seek him with your whole heart. The God of the universe promises that those who seek him, he will be found. But the truth of God's word can also cause your heart to get hard. I mean, the first people that heard these words from Jesus, they were like, yeah, I kind of dig Jesus. And then Jesus speaks these words. And what does it do? It causes their heart to get rock hard, so much so that they take their rock hard hearts and they throw it at Jesus. Because they got to silence Jesus. Shut him up. And if that's you today, you could find yourself angry at these truths. I mean, some of you, I can look at your face. You could be angry, like, who are you to say I'm sinful? Who is God to say I'm enslaved to sin and darkened and I'll be lost and I follow Satan? Like, those are fighting words. I'm angry. If you find yourself angry, that's a symptom of a hardening heart. Listen to Jesus, whoever belongs to God hears, doesn't harden, hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. And be careful, warning, don't get hard. But if today you're humble and you see, wow, if Jesus is God, he must be believed and followed, and you recognize you've been the kind of Christ follower that dropped down marrow, you call yourself Christian, but you see that you're not following. But you say God is come to us in the person of Christ. I'm just not following him. If you see that about yourself, that's a good thing. If you humble yourself before God, he will guide you into light and love. So if you see in your own life that you want to be a child of the light, that you want to walk in the light, but you've been living in a lifestyle of darkness, and you recognize that right now, that you say you believe but you don't follow and you see that truth right here, right now as you look at your soul in the mirror, that's a good thing that you can see that and you can understand it and there's a disconnect maybe between what you call yourself Christian and who you actually are and how you live. As you see that, you can do something about it. And here's what I would invite you to do. Here's what I invite you to think about. It's this word repentance. It's a word that we don't use a lot, but it's so important. Let me demonstrate to you what repentance is. Repentance is turning from sin to follow Jesus. So I'll, I'll use my body. I'm listening to the voice of money. I'm listening to the voice of my sex appetite. I'm listening to the voice of addiction, substances. I'm listening to popularity. I'm listening to the voice of culture. I'm listening to condemning things in my head. I'm listening to fear and anxiety, and I'm realizing I'm not listening to God. God is over here calling my name. And repentance is realizing I'm not following God and turning 180 degrees I will follow you. That's what repentance is. It's recognizing I'm not following you. I'm walking in this direction. I'm doing my own thing. I'm listening to opinions, voices. I'm listening to lies. Maybe I'm walking in darkness and my father is calling me by name that way. And I choose to say no to this. I'm turning all the way here and I'm going to follow you. God, I'm going to hear your voice. Here's what this is not, repentance. 
Repentance is not saying, I'm sorry that I'm a liar, I'm an addict, I'm an addict, I'm following my sexual feelings, I'm doing whatever I want, and I turn away from bad behavior, and I'm in neutral right here. That's not repentance. Neutral is not following Jesus. It's turning from my sin and voices that I listen to, and I'm going 180, I will follow you, God. I will listen to your voice. I will walk with you. I will love you. I will obey you. I will submit to you. So many Christ followers get stuck right here in neutral, and this neutral spot is Christian by name only. That's not what God has for you. This is not what he has for you. I'm going to listen to all these voices and I'm going to follow my appetites. That's not what he has for you. And neutral is not what he has for you. He's calling you to follow him, to listen to his voice, to obey him, to walk with him. And as I walk with him, I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to get sucked back to listening to the voices here. I'm going to fall. I'm going to stumble. I'm going to make mistakes. But every time I see that I've made a mistake, a Christ follower who is believing and obeying and listening turns fully and says, I'll follow again. Forgive me. And every time I do that, my good father says, yes, you are forgiven. I love you. Follow me. And I will walk with you until we get home. Don't get stuck. Listen, don't get stuck in neutral. This is not where you're designed to be. You are designed by God, if you have put your trust and faith in him, to follow, to walk in this direction. So if you are a son or daughter of the king today and you realize you're in this direction, ask him for help. Forgive me, God, and turn. give me grace to turn and follow you. If you're comfortable right here in the middle, then I wonder if you actually believe he's the son of God that's calling you by name to follow him that way. And if that's you, you can choose today to say, I'll follow you. I will trust you. You have more for me. I will honor you with my life. It isn't getting it perfect. I'm going to stumble and fall dozens of times. But following Jesus is the consistent, I repent and I will turn back to you over and over and over again. And you welcome me back over and over and over again. But if I get stuck here and here, I wonder if you're a Christ follower. And today, if the sun sets you free, you can be free indeed to walk here. Let's pray. God, please, please use the truth of your son to soften our hearts and not harden our hearts. God, if there are curious people in this room, I pray that they would lean into you and seek you because you will be found if there are hungry people, humble people, remind them that when you repent of sin, you are faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Oh God, if there's anger at you in this place and people that are not believing and choosing to harden, please reverse that and soften and allow them to bring their pain and their doubts and their confusion and even their anger to you because turning to you that's where there's freedom light and love please guide us home 
Oh God, please let a spirit of repentance and confession fall over your sons and daughters that we might be children of light instead of darkness, free from appetites to follow you. I pray this in the victorious name of Christ. Amen.